back in the day, in the year 2000, they released a bunch of great movies. Back in the day, they released Bedazzled, Brendan Fraser, and uh, directed and co-wrote by Harold Ramis, with the same producer that I think co-wrote or had produced the one in the 60s with Dudley Moore. So yeah, technically it's a remake, but whatever. Crack open a cold box of wine, or pour something cold on ice, because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. like binge watcher suicide here and make a bunch of film historians pissed off probably or comic fans pissed off i actually like the 2000 version of bedazzled much better than the 60s version of bedazzled but you can actually find the old one on daily motion if you want to take a look at it it's probably also creeping around on somebody's youtube channel i'm sure somebody has like ripped it off for everybody to watch well, see, now um, I feel unprepared. I, I wanted to watch the original, but I didn't fit it in. Oh, I, I think the the modern one is better. Now, I'm like, do we, like, we obviously got to pay homage to Ramis because he's, like, one of the godfathers of comedy movies. Essentially, like, if you're talking about film history, mm. he's one of the pillars of comedy, really. I mean, we're talking about Animal House before that. He's the comedy and joke, like, uh, reviewer at Playboy Magazine. One of his first gigs, and then he goes on to work on like movies like co-writing like Stripes. Him and Bill Murray are connected through the SCTV, and he's also connected to like John Candy, like that whole crew of people. And then of course he's like in uh, you know, um, he's in all the Ghostbusters, and even worked on the Ghostbusters cartoon. But he's like a prolific writer as far as comedy writers go, and he, we got to give him credit for Caddyshack. But like Caddyshack's not my favorite, yeah. but also but Meatballs, dude. Like, Meatballs, to me, is a comedy classic. Like, I, I actually love that movie, because it's more like a dramedy. It's got comedy and drama. And also, like, Bill Murray, before he had become, like, Bill Murray. You know how, like, all the great mm. comedic actors or character actors, like, at some point, become, like, hyper-real versions of themselves? Like, right now, it's happening to Kevin Hart and The Rock. Like, they're basically just themselves in movies. And it had to happen to Adam Sandler for a long time, too. But I know you were saying... Adam Sandler's new movie is really great, but um, Bill Murray, when they made Meatballs, really wasn't a name, you know what I mean? So he was, like, fresh, trying to make a name for himself, and then and, and Harold right. turned in a pretty good script. So the rest of the series, whatever, like, they made a bunch of Meatball movies, but if you go back to the original, I didn't, wasn't going to go on a diatribe or, like, a tangent. I was just trying to say, like, I was just trying to establish, you know... Well, some, yeah, Harold Ramis, like... Yeah, well, he's directed, like, some of the greatest movies. You mentioned Caddyshack. Yeah. He directed National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, of course, Groundhog Day. We yeah, just... uh, but he also did Club Paradise. He did Back to School with Dangerfield. He also wrote that that dog cartoon, Dangerfield, the, what is it? Um, Rover Dangerfield? Yeah, he wrote that. Uh, Armed and Dangerous um, with John Candy. I have a, a soft spot for Multiplicity. Oh, really? That that's one. funny. That, yeah, I haven't watched funny. it in years, he's, but... Breaking out like into into Directorville, he also did the analyze this and analyze that movies, um, right? And he, I think he played the shrink in the movie, right? Didn't he play the other shrink? I think it was another that. shrink. The shrink that the shrink goes to. I don't know. He pops up in some of his movies here here and there. Um, and then obviously he did Groundhog's Day. I mean, everybody 
should be in tune with that. So anyway, anyway, like Harry, again, maybe he's not even just like a one of the godfathers of comedy. You might be able to say like he's like a comedy god at this point. He's like a legend. Um, oh yeah. So there you go. And then, and then, and then the movie obviously stars my man Brendan Fraser, who like I, I've liked most of his movies. I mean, he had, I mean, to be fair, they've been writing articles lately about him called like you know what happened to Brendan Fraser. Right. But. If you go back, I mean, we're talking Encino Man in 92, School Ties in 92, Son-in-Law, he pops up as his character from uh, Encino Man. Yeah, then he does Airheads in 94, which is incredible. And then there's a baseball prodigy movie called The Scout. He's really good in that. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. um, He pops up in Now and Then, but he's uncredited, but that's a good movie if you want to just, like, watch a coming-of-age story that has, you know, pretty good heart. But then he's in the Twilight of the Gold. He's as part of the. I don't even family. remember that. Yeah, um, he does George of the Jungle, but we'll, we'll let that one go. <laughs> but I then liked, he, you know, uh, again, I I haven't watched it since I was probably like twelve or thirteen. But I, I like George of the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to see more dramatic stuff and not kitty stuff, you can watch him in Gods and Monsters. But oh, yeah. um, I mean, we know that he does my like. He has like a bunch of movies that come out in '99. That's probably his his peak year, right? He does The Mummy, The Lady Right, and he does uh, Blast from the Past. Now, like my two favorite movies of his are The Mummy and Blast from the Past. And in Blast from the Past, he plays a guy that gets like raised in a bomb shelter because his parents think that they're that they're going to a world war, like in the fifth right or nuclear 60s. war. Yeah. yeah. So they have a fallout shelter, and then he comes out of there when they need to restock the supplies. It's kind of a low-tech science fiction comedy, romantic comedy, but it's pretty interesting. That's Alicia Silverstone and um, one of the guys from Brains in the Hallway or whatever that's called, or Kids in the Hall, right? Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I, this is one of those I, I caught for the first time within the last two or three years. Um, I think my wife wanted to watch it. I was like, eh, I never watched it. It was a pretty, pretty cute little movie. Blast from the Past. Yeah. And then uh, The Mummy, which is incredible because somebody wanted to remake The Mummy and it's this big, like, swashbuckling epic. And it's actually yeah. my favorite, like, rendition of the mummy on screen pretty much of all time. And, like, his character is really awesome. And it's kind of, like, peak Brendan Fraser. So if you're a true Brendan Fraser fan, you know, you can watch The Mummy and Mummy 2. Any other mummies after that, we're going to forget about. And then, yeah. boom. You Even suddenly... if he is in them. Yeah, exactly. And then, boom, you suddenly arrive in the year 2000. And this movie comes out called Bedazzled. And essentially, the devil's a, uh, uh, I don't know what she is. She's like a connoisseur of collecting souls. And, I mean, it's kind of high tech. I mean, she runs this program, but you really don't know that because it doesn't ever really show it. But all these people are being tagged in the beginning of the movie based on their sins or yeah. their accolades. And it calculates which city would be optimal to collect souls and which city is not, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And the main character is just. Um, he's the guy that nobody wants to grab the beer with, so the story starts at, like, the lowest point for the, you know what I mean? But I was like... Yeah, he he so desperately wants friendship and a girlfriend or just connection. But what's Uh, funny is, like, everybody has a guy like that in their office, probably, right? Oh, yeah. But then, I guess if you were that person, you wouldn't know it. You you know know what I mean? Uh, It's probably somebody that could be so... What's that? Said, huh, I wonder if that's me, but no, I don't go bugging yeah, around. Like, hey, you want to go hang out? 
Uh, you know what's interesting, though, is, like, basketball has a weird theme in this movie. Granted, like, it's one of the wishes that the guy gets, but um, I noticed in his office he has a sticker for the basketball team, and basketball, every time there's a TV in the background, it's usually a basketball game that's playing. So I don't know, I don't know exactly, like, if the production designer or, or the filmmakers themselves were basketball fans, or if they were just trying to sprinkle elements from all the wishes throughout the scenes... Like, I'm not really I, sure. I think that's kind of it, because it has a very Wizard of Oz feel to it. I mean, in the sense that, like, everybody plays a role into each fantasy oh, or yeah, that makes scenario. Sense, yeah. Well, that I thought was cool. What you really have is, like, like uh, five or six stories within a story, and you're, and you're right. His co-workers play characters in all the fantasies that he lives out, which is pretty interesting. And their loyalties kind of, like, are the same. Like, how their characters are, like... There was a gay joke about the one guy who becomes his gay lover in the one scenario. Like, right uh. at the beginning of the movie, like, he got his ass slapped or something like that. And, and then, like, come to find out, like, oh, that's the one who's the, the partner in the scenario where he ends up being gay, you know? Like, right. Um, and what am I talking about? Everybody's like, what the fuck is John talking about? Guys, gays, got scenarios. I guess we should back up and give, like, some... Well, we did say the devil is looking around for souls to steal. And I think, like, the nightclub is either Dante's Inferno or... Literally, the Devil's Nightclub is, like, all the souls that she has collected. Like, I sit here and think about, like, all the people in that place, and I'm just like, is that mm. her collection, you know? Like, is that who she's collected before she gets to Elliot and, and, and collects him? But it was, uh, the other funny thing, too, is he works in, like, a, a call center office environment, which is very familiar to me. I had a lot of gigs like that that were, like, tech support yeah. over the phone. So it's recognizable. He's, like, your average Joe kind of thing and gets tempted and... and and takes the offer, right? And then it's like, okay, mm. you're going to get seven wishes. And he's, like, infatuated with this girl at his office, and so he wants to see if... Enforces... I mean, and I was thinking, like, well, in the age of consent, you definitely can't force somebody <laughs> to fall in love with you with magic wishes. But I was like, oh, but it had an innocent intention. He was just a lonely guy that wanted to find love. But I was like, oh, it's going to end badly, because, yeah, you can't sign a contract with the devil to try to force somebody to fall in love with you. You know, you right. know what I mean? Um... One of my favorite lines in the beginning of the movie, like, when she's first trying to, um, she kind of picks him up at a bar. Like, he says some phrase, and I guess the, the devil was just kind of, like, earmarking these things and happened to be in the area. I don't know. Her radar picked up, like, his fact that he wanted to wish for something in the local bar. And then it's like, hey, let's test this theory. And she's like, he wants a Big Mac. So that she takes a bus and goes to get a Big Mac, and then he pays for it, which is really funny. Like she yeah, that, that, that kind of tickled me. Yeah. <laughs> he still had to pay for his burger, even though it technically qualifies as a wish. But then he said something like, when he first met the devil, he said, maybe I should call you a cab. Going to be kind of hard to find one that goes to hell this time of night. And the delivery of it is, like, spot on. The way Fraser delivers it, it's really funny. I mean, I probably just, like, butchered it when I'm trying to retell it, but it was really good in the movie anyway. Um... One of my favorite sequences is, like, right up at the beginning, when he has, he turns into, like, Pablo Escobar. Yeah. he wishes to say, like, oh, I want to be rich and powerful and be respected. And then he's, like, a Colombian drug lord in a giant, like, hacienda. And then there's, like, and then there's like a rival takeover because the English tutor wants to take over everything. And then he finds out, like, yeah, he's not growing sugar in his plantation. It's, like, all, co like, all those guys are processing cocaine for him or whatever, and his wife doesn't love him. She's having an affair with the English instructor. Right. What I noticed, though, is the actors are all speaking Spanish. Like, it's their own, like, it's their own, like, they took the time to learn the phrases, at least. 
how to yeah. how to say them back correctly. Which that's pretty unique. Like otherwise it would have been dubbed or something. But it looked like Brendan Fraser and the rest of the actors were all trying to, you know, correctly say the lines in Spanish. Yeah, I mean this movie. Um, Brendan Fraser is a great uh, physical comedian, but he's also a pretty great, uh, like, um, you know, uh, you know, like word player. You know, like he doesn't get enough credit for uh, you know kind of delivering shit. Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty good study of the work he has to do, and he he's pretty good at doing like the business. They call it business, like giving an actor something to do in the scene. He's pretty yeah. good about having like natural business where he kind of like can. I mean, but that's why he's a leading man. He can embody a scene, and he he can kind of react to like what whatever the scenario is, and like you said, the physical comedy aspect of it or whatever. Um, and then uh, scenario three. Is my le- is my least favorite. Like we're on the third wish because they count the Big Mac, then they do the Colombian drug lord, and then the third wish is like the sensitive idiot. Like he's a guy so so sensitive that he breaks out crying at the sunset, right? I thought like, the third like, one was a basketball, or am I reversing those? You're reversing them. Basketball's next. We'll get to that one. Okay, then uh, then we're on the same page. Yeah, the sensitive one was my least favorite, also. Yeah, so. I mean, he got to that point because. Between, I think between the second and third wishes, he's actually, like, doing some recon with the devil inside of her bedroom. And he's reading her, he, the devil reads part of her journal about how she wants a sensitive person who understands her feelings. And, and the devil basically is, it's kind of weird. Like, she takes pleasure in, like, screwing up his wishes, ultimately just trying to get to to the final wish. And I guess that makes sense, because if she didn't employ tactics to ruin each wish, he might stop wishing, right? Like, yeah. he might not get through all seven wishes. If he gets what he wants on the first wish, he might be satisfied and stop wishing, and he'll be locked in limbo. But that would, that's what the deal I would strike. If I had seven, I'd try to only use five, maybe. You just, you just see what I'm saying? Like, if you could just... Yeah. You know you're going to burn in hell at the end, so you might as well live like an immortal for 800 years on five wishes and then cash it in. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, also, if you're attracted to the devil, like, she hits on him in the beginning, and... They do make out. It's just for laughs and giggles. But I'm, but I was mm. like, or you could be the guy that hooks up with the devil. You, you know, you know what I mean. Like, what are the rules right. here? Um, what is it? What is the old saying? It's better to roll in hell than to serve in heaven. Oh uh, yeah, that was from another movie, wasn't it? They said that uh, somewhere. Was it uh, Dogma? I don't know. We'll have to look uh. that up. We'll have to get back to that, folks. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so then he does the sensitive idiot, he cries at the sunset, the, the girl ditches him for his other friends who are now, like, these macho, you know, guys at the beach, or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, takes off with them, and he's like, oh, that's what she wants, I gotta be that guy, and like you said, he turns, he turns into a, a Dennis Rodman type basketball player, who's supposed to, supposedly, he kind of looks like Dennis Rodman, but then has the, the skills of, of Michael Jordan, and by Dennis Rodman, I mean he has bleached hair, he's very tall, has tattoos, and kind of like has his character embodiment, but then um, it's shortchanged. It's shortchanged where it counts, and so she's no longer interested in him as a basketball player. So then he's like, "I want to be well endowed. I want to be very smart. I want to be educated. I want to be respected. I kind of want to be famous." And so that's wish five. He gets to be a writer in in like you know New York's art society, and he's got critic appeal, and supposedly won a Pulitzer Prize. But then he turns out to be homosexual, which I guess is she just the devil just makes that part of the lifestyle. I'm not sure, but um, 
But the guy playing his boyfriend is really funny. A really funny dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he tests his actor, homosexuality, yeah. and he's like, "Oh yeah, I am gay. Okay, I'm gay. Whatever." And then, uh, and then um, the sixth wish comes pretty quick. What is the sixth wish? Damn. Uh, I'm having trouble because isn't this? Oh, well, because this isn't this where like there's a whole debate of uh, five or six, seven wishes and da, 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 the Big Mac. Oh yeah, yeah. She said. Um, so we have one is the Big Mac, two is Pablo Escobar, three is the sensitive idiot, four is the baseball player, five is the writer, six, I forget what six is, he tries, what is the last thing he tries? Oh god, I can't, I'm struggling to remember. Anyway, he tries something, it's not a big deal, it's kind of, it might be the one that's kind of rushed, because I'm not even remembering it, but then he, he ends up in jail, and, because he's, yes. like, he's like reporting this scenarios of, what, of what's happening, and... He gets thrown in jail, then he um, meets God, because God's the cellmate, and informs him that the devil can't really give away souls, because they're not hers to give away, and is trying to help Elliot establish, like, reestablish his true faith, or whatever. And the actor playing God's really, really legit, kind of a cool dude. Um, yeah. I forgot to write his name down, I had intended to, sorry everybody that I forgot his name, but... Just watch Bedazzled. He's in it. <laughs> and, and, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, well, actually, no. We have the magic technology. I do have a cell phone next to me. I'll look up Bedazzled. I'll I'm find looking him up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So bear with us. Um, while you're bearing with us, you can click the links in our little video, and you can go rent the movie, and you can watch Bedazzled for yourselves. And if not, you can just keep going with us, and we'll finish talking about it. Let's see. I'm not seeing his name. Damn. Yeah, I... Apparently there's 85 people in this movie. Oh, we didn't even talk about that Elizabeth Hurley was actually the devil, sorry. And Alarindo Jones is in it. You know, those are the two big stars. Uh, well, I mean, Brian Doyle Murray pops up too. Oh, he gets arrested, that's why he gets arrested. He goes to see a priest about having to deal with the devil, and the priest thinks he's a psychopath, and then he gets arrested, which is really weird, because I don't think people would necessarily get arrested. They would just, uh, more likely he would go to a hospital and they would give him, like, uh, they would check him out, you know what I mean? And see if, like, yeah. if he was alright or whatever. Wow, oh. weird. Yeah, the one guy, uh, he wasn't a name at the time, but, uh, the one that plays his gay lover in the one scenario and, uh, one of his coworkers, Toby Huss, went on to kind of, like, he can have a better career later on down the line. Like he was on that Halt and Catch Fire show. He was on the most recent uh, Halloween movie, the Michael oh, Myers yeah, Halloween sure. movie. Uh, I think it took me a while to re recognize who he is because uh, he had almost a full head of hair. And now he's kind of bald. So, um, yeah, it's a fun movie. This movie, like, and I'm surprised at how fast this movie moves. It doesn't like waste time. It just kind of keeps going. Oh, Gabriel Cassius, that? that's who played God, everybody. The final wish is he decides that he wants the girl that he thinks is in love with him just to have a great life. And apparently, that's a deal-breaker in that 4,000-page contract that Devil had him sign at the, the beginning of the movie. So, then he's freed up or whatever. He goes back to his day, I don't know, his day job. Um, well, Dave, what's your overall thoughts of like the whole movie? 
I really enjoyed it. I, I hadn't I don't think I watched it since it first came out on video, probably, you know, nineteen, twenty years ago. Um I really liked it then, but I haven't like felt the need to go back and rewatch it. But uh rewatching it I rem- there was a lot of stuff I remembered. Um just a fun movie and like it kinda hits you at the end. It has a very sweet, appropriate ending. And you're kinda like, ah, good you know, good for him. <laughs> Kind yeah, of thing. it's um, definitely one of the more appealing romantic comedies that's come out over the last couple of decades. And it was like right at the peak of that subgenre. Like romantic comedies were like the legit thing between 97 and basically 2000, 2001. There was a ton of romantic comedies. Right. And that, that was like the thing. And it borders line between just being like a slapstick comedy and uh, and a romantic comedy. But um, mm. yeah, he, he, spoiler alert. He ends up with the girl, but not exactly. Someone, they had the same actress player because they just, like, as Dave said, kept doing this scenario where in each life that he had, the actors would play the roles. So the girl comes back, but in a different form. And for some reason in my memory, she was like the cousin of the other girl. But that was just because I guess my mind filled that gap in between, like, why did she look like her, exactly like her, you know? Right. But she's just a completely different person from the other. I think it was Allison was the name of the girl he was trying to... Um, you know, sort of to be woo over with magic, but um, then he meets this other girl who moves in, and she's into all the kind of crap that he's into, and uh, it looks like they're going to be together. And then they show you start to date, and then of course, you know, credits roll or what have you. You know, um, and that that's that's bedazzled. Dave was telling yeah, uh, me, uh, what, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like one, uh, you know, another compliment I want to give is like everybody plays. Um, all the actors are on top of their game because they play essentially six or seven different roles, each, you know, most of the main actors. Yeah, this is a good showcase movie. They're like, oh, we're going to have a little bit of range here because we are playing these different characters in the stories, so we're going to be able to change it up and try a few different things. And, um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of credit will, of course, go to Brendan Fraser and, um, Elizabeth Hurley, but, uh, you know, even the, the girl he kind of lusts after, uh, played by Frances O'Connor, kind of holds her own as well. I mean, she's not uh, show-offy, but, uh, like, I don't know, it's just kind of a, it has a really good cast and uh, moves at a clip. Like, it keeps moving, moving, it doesn't slow down at all, which was kind of nice. That's pretty interesting. And in other movie news, um, they were saying he's been able to binge-watch a lot of stuff because his lady's out of town. And uh, I've been watching some new things too. So let's do a round of that. Let's, uh, as we wrap this one up, let's talk about what's new in the world of streaming and everything else. Um. Well, you go first. What, what have you been uh, catching? I up actually with? cracked open The Boys on Amazon, which is like a anti, oh, that's a pretty good show. Yeah, it's like an anti-superhero drama, and it's pretty interesting. Um, the main characters are very mortal, but obviously they're. The antagonists are actually the superheroes. They're superheroes that are actually really dirty underneath the surface, and they work for a corporation. Um, yeah, and I'm you know I'm cruising through this first season that they've released, uh, thoroughly enjoying it. And it's kind of funny because it's almost like a, a parody of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies and and some of the famous mm. superheroes, as if you know they'd be walking around as like famous dicks in the real world, and they would be doing terrible things. You know, right. you know what I mean behind the scenes. And I'm like, yeah, this is pretty fucking interesting. And also, you feel scared for the main characters because they could literally get killed terribly, horribly, at any if right. anybody finds out what they're trying to do, you know. So, 
Well, I'll jump on off the superhero TV show thing. I just started watching the new Watchmen show, and that's actually pretty good so far. I'm only three episodes in, but mm. I'm pretty hooked. Uh, the hype is pretty well-deserved on that one. It's kind of like a sequel jump-off from the other events in the other Watchmen comic, I guess, and not necessarily yeah, take, everything in the movie. Yeah, it takes place in that world like 30 years later. I mean, it, it uses uh, – you kind of have to know the story – at least to know like some of the references, but it's uh, it's just a new story in that world. So uh, you know you can watch it independent of that. Just kind of know what you're getting into. Um, you know, Brandon Fraser kind of... uh, is in a superhero thing now. He's in one of the DC universe shows called Doom Patrol. Is it like he plays Robot. Yeah, Man. I heard that. Yeah, so there you go. It it all ties together, people. It all it all <laughs> matches up. Um. I do. I hear it's getting bad reviews, but I do want to see this underwater movie because I really love horror movies that take place underwater. Like, I don't know if I've professed my love for Leviathan on here, um, but like 1989 was like a, a year for all kinds of monster movies underwater. And like, I think uh, our friend Nikki T has mentioned we should look at the um, what is that other movie? Oh God, he said it's Deep like Star Leviathan. Six. Yes, Deep Star Six. He keeps recommending Deep Star Six, um, and uh, we'll have to take a look at that. It would be kind of cool to do a round of underwater horror movies. I mean, I would throw The Abyss in too, even though it's more of a sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi it's kind of like a but... like a Star Trekky philosophical type yeah. uh, sci-fi but movie. I'm probably I might go to the movies to see Underwater because I, I I saw bits of the creature. It looks pretty cool. I just I just like I just like shit like that. I mean, it's and in itself is kind of scary. I mean, there's the dangers of just the natural order of the world and like uh, being underwater. Underwater is terrifying. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? At least at those depths, you got the. Well, obviously, um, if we're talking about nature. We're talking about the natural environment is pressurized and could kill you because the depths are too extreme. And then you got these mysterious creatures and and whatever else. Um, and Fear of the Unknown, I guess that it just plays on like the, the fear of the unknown to the extreme level. I revisited Rock the Casbah, I went back and watched that with Bill Murray. Oh, yeah? Have you ever seen, you saw that, right? No, I, I did, I remember you talking about it, I know it's on, like, I stumbled across it on HBO, but, uh... It's a, it's a nice little movie about, like, second chances. Oh, man, um, talking about HBO, I, I tried, I know you said it was okay, you didn't give it a glowing review, but... I watched about half of that new Hellboy and I had to shut it off. I just I couldn't get through it. Like it's it, it wasn't that it was bad in the sense of like it was so bad it was unwatchable, but it was very it, you know as for as much shit that was going on, I kind of thought it was boring. Like oh, it wow, it had too many plates spinning without like focusing on any one thing too long. The thing I hated the most uh, is when his um, I don't know when Professor. Broom dies in this one. He, he's like a ghost. He looks like shit. It's the worst ghost I've ever fucking seen in a movie. There's yeah. a, I mean, there's a lot of like, it just, it was weird. I mean, there was, there was some good stuff. I really liked the pig creature. I, I thought like oh, yeah, the, the design and everything. Yeah. Um, and like the, the prologue, like I was sucked in from the beginning and then it just kind of kept going downhill. Like David Harbour is a good actor, but I, I think the look was good, but like, I don't think he was able to pull off that type of humor. It just, it felt off. I don't know. You know, it was off. You, it's one of those things you want to like it, but it just doesn't, all the pieces don't come together. Who knows what's going to happen from here on. Um, I hear the Star Trek 
thing is going to be another reboot, which I'm tired of. Like, I, I wish they would just continue the story of the, the people in the the movies we just had. Um, right. But, you know, whatever. Who the f- I, I guess at the I think end part of, the day, of it is they can't... I think part of it is they can't get those actors back, or at least some of them. Oh, well, that's too bad. So it's like, if you can't get the whole crew, then you just hit the reset button. Yeah, that's interesting. There are some movies that are like that, like the Fast and the Furious type things. If you can't get the ensemble, you can't make the movie. That's why the negotiations for the Marvel stuff must have been pretty intense, because you literally need nine actors to get each one of those movies made. Right. (laughs) You know, so there you go. Yeah, because once they got rid of Edward Norton, nobody's uh, had to move around. At least not that I'm aware of. Stories oh, about well, him keep going out that he's like one of the hardest actors to work with. Oh yeah, he, it's been known. That's been known for a while. Hmm. Um, like even even when he was new, he was a dick. Like there's a big conflict between him and the director of uh, American History X. Where I also hear, and don't get pissed at me. I want to say, like, if you ever hear this, don't get mad at me for saying it. I've just heard this, and there's nothing. There's no way to found these celebrity rumors or whatever. I also hear Pauly Shore is hard to work with. But Pauly, if you're out there, I'm not, I said it now, but I'm not saying it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it as the source. I'm just saying things, things have been said. But I'm also rewatching Pauly Shore's documentary, Stand Alone, where he's like on the comedy tour and dealing with his mom who was sick and is towards the end of her life and, and what have you. So everybody, if you like Pauly, you can go watch Stand Alone on uh, Amazon Prime. But um, I've heard this. But that could be a disgruntled, uh, you know, assistant, you know, going on the Twitter boards. You know what I'm saying? So, who knows? Anyway, I'm sure there's people that hate the binge watchers out there. (laughs) Oh, but why? Uh, I don't know. Um, Could happen. Anyway, we'll be back with more Back in the Day hits next week. We got a couple more of these in our little series of them to to throw out there for you guys. Um, I just say this episode kind of have a weird energy. Like we did it technically. <laughs> right? But it was kind of yeah. it was kind of odd. <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Well, we get those episodes sometimes. I don't yeah. know. 